Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen, amen. Good morning, Love Life. This morning, we'll talk about represent, and it's still tied to the concept of not my church. And we were looking at, again, the, the picture of how the non-church or the people that don't know Jesus, how they view the church. And they, again, the, the, the question that was asked them was, this, how do you view the church in two words? And it was judgmental and irrelevant. And we've gone through weeks of just the showing that our responsibility is be a church of the word, the church of the Bible, and that will make us non-judgmental, and it makes us relevant. If we're going to do this, we will become non-judgmental, and we will become relevant. If we do religion, we will become judgmental, and we will be, and we will be irrelevant, because that's what religion is. It's irrelevant, and it's judgmental, and we want to be defined correctly. Amen? We want to be defined correctly. Because, see, what is this all, uh, what, what is all this information or all this understanding, you know, what, what does it have to do with us? Everything. Everything. Because I'm going to talk about the church this morning. And I'm going to show you biblically what the church is as far as what does Jesus say? What does the Word of God say? And in that information, you're going to understand why we have church, why we go to church, and the life of church. What is it? And what happens is you start realizing that it, that it becomes something bigger than a building, though a building is involved. And I'll show you this. But it's not defined by the building. The building is the place where we gather. It's a building where we come together as the church, we're, we're defining the building. See, love life is us in here. Once we leave, it's, it's not the church, it's a building. Do you understand that? I mean, we could have this building with love life on there, and if I just sell tacos all day, it, 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 what happens? It changes. I, it can be called love life, and it look like a church, but it's actually, you know, a, a taco place. That would be cool. <laughs> At least a little section of it selling tacos, but anyway. But it'd be, it would be like you driving by my house. And you drive by the house, you look at the house, and you go, oh, there's the McCluskeys. And no, the, that's where they live. But that's not that. That's not the McCluskeys. I mean, if you want to find, you look over here and go, oh, look, there's the McCluskeys. Well, wait a minute, I'm not at my house. You see what I'm saying? In other words, what we do is, is we have to recognize what is the Bible telling us? What's the Bible showing us? And most Christians, I can guarantee you, that they can't even answer the question, what, what is a church? What is the church? They'll give you their perception, their opinions, but what does the Bible show us? What does the Bible teach us? So, so what happens is, is we, we have the tendency to, to go through the process of emotions, and what happens is we have issues, we have things that happen to us, and because we don't have a foundation, we do things opposite of what God wants for our lives. And everything he wants for our life is, is going to help you. It's going to benefit your life. 
Religion won't. Religion can't. I, I, I just have to, you have to understand that. Because what I'm talking about is life. You understand life. When I talk about church, I'm talking about life. I'm not talking about religious life. I'm not talking about religious ideologies or religious function. That's why you don't hear me or I'm not going, are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you want to be praying, communicating to God. You want the word of God to be in your life. But I'm not establishing that as the, the key to success for your life because that is not even true. It's, it's not even proven true. That'd be like me going, uh, uh, you want to learn calculus here? I'll throw a calculus book at you. Read it, read it, and you'll mature. No, you won't. You can't. You have to have the process of what? Being taught, and then you take the teachings and you expound and, and, and you put it to use. Same as a family unit. You don't birth a child and, and, and then leave and go, well, okay, it's not gonna cost me anything. I'm just gonna leave you here. And, oh, what? But you understand there is a process of growing and maturing. So when you look at it correctly, it becomes something more than this religious institution, you know? It becomes something bigger. Because honestly, I'm telling you right now, if this don't work on Monday, forget about it. It's a New York statement. Forget about it. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it can't be that way. Because that's not what life is. Life doesn't just, you know, work on Sunday and then all of, all of a sudden we're done. No. I mean, actually it gets a little harder on, you know, Monday when we start working and things like that. But I want us to go through this process so we can get the information. I'll give you seven reasons why we're to go to church. And the key is, is what is the purpose of this? That's the most important thing you can get settled in your heart. Why purpose? Because otherwise it becomes something that you have a time limit on it, a timetable. But when you start looking at it according to the eyes of Jesus, it is related to family. Everybody say family. It's not related to extended family. When he uses language concerning church, brethren, gatherings, it's all your immediate family. It's, your, it's the parents and children. Well, you all know parent and children, that's a continuation. You can throw out a bad uncle, right? You can, you know, you can close the door on a, you know, an, an evil mother-in-law, it, do you see what I'm saying? But when it comes to your kids, there's a whole different connection with your children. There should be. There should be. Do you understand that? There should be. Now, in that, you look at that family unit, and there's this length of process of there's intense training. There's a different style at different levels and different seasons. And then there's a different connection in how the relationship is. They start becoming adults, and, and as that maturity process, there's this give and take, and there's the connection of their helping and being a part, and, and, but it continues on. And even when they, you know, if they choose to, they get married and things like that, there's still the connection of that immediate family. Amen? Immediate family. Everybody say immediate family. That's how, that's how Jesus relates to the church. So you don't, you don't get, okay, my kid's 18. We're done with them. Don't come here anymore. Don't ask for anything. It's, you're still connected. 
there's calls, there's, there's needs, there's, there's, you know, there's joy, sadness, happiness. You don't, you, you don't leave a place and eliminate it and only come to it when you have problems. <laughs> I'm defining some families right now. Because that's what people work, that's how people operate. And the Bible's showing us in the, the, these truths that this is something we keep connected to. And it's not something you try out, it's not something you, know, you just occasionally go to, but you commit to and you're submitted to it for the success of your life, all right? So the first thing is, is Jesus went to church. That's, it's all through the Bible. He not only went to church, but he literally expects us to go. His communication and how he communicates concerning the church is, is he's not even expecting in the sense of he expects it, he assumes we already are. Isn't that something? Now, why would you think that way or why would you operate with that type of concept? Well, how's a family raised? Do we have to expect our children to go to bed? I, expect, I mean, go to bed, yeah, we do. We have to expect our children to sleep, eat, and live in our house? Well, I, I expect you to do that. No, we assume, we know. Right. Same way with Jesus when it comes to us. So his communication is that way. Isn't that interesting? Because I don't have to go any further than that. Number one, Jesus went to church, and he assumes that we all are going to. Isn't that something? He was faithful at going. The Bible's very clear. Matthew, Mark 121, he went to Capernaum. He went to church and he taught. Mark 6, the Sabbath came. He taught in the, in the church. The, the word synagogue is usually defined in, in the Greek. Sunagage is the Greek word. And it literally means church assembly gathering. That's what it means. So they, they established the word synagogue from that Greek word. But it actually, you hear that word, it sounds very religious, but it's just the gathering. It's, it's where we get together and we, we're together. That's what it means, okay? You got, y'all got that? Luke 4, 16, he came to Nazareth. As his custom was, he went to church. As his what? Custom was. This is a part of his life. He went to church. See, what's going to happen is you're going to not only see this in the life of Jesus and, and his word, but you start learning, you start grasping the understanding of why we're doing this. And that it takes you to the place of purpose. And when it becomes purpose, it becomes non-religious. It's not have to's, you get to. It's, it's, it's something that I don't, you know, this is what I get from my own experience. I'm saying from my own experience, okay? I wasn't religious. I didn't have religion in my home. When I got saved and going to church, when I got connected with church, I had no concept other than I want to be there. I want to do as much as I can and whatever I can, and I want to learn. I've been doing this for a while now, and I can tell you the people that totally opposite of the way I feel are religious people, and they're always religious people. You take non-religious people off the streets, they're never, they're never arguing, they're never complaining, they're never like, well, not argue complaining in the sense of they don't argue complain. I'm talking about when it comes to church. 
It's not in their head to go, how come we have to go on Sunday? Or how come, how come you're going to do another service? Oh, how come there's a Bible study? How come there's a, they don't do that. Religious people do that. Or you used to be where I'll do anything, but then you became what? Religious because you started hanging around with those type of people. And they started doing what? Talking trash. Talking trash. You, you're not you're ever going to hear someone speaking beneficial at a church and then people not want to do things. It's people attacking it is when people start getting negative over it. It's just the way life is. So we start looking at these truths and see that Jesus' life was, I go to church. So I'm going to go to church, amen? Okay, the, the, the second thing is, is um, it's the beginning of the pattern, the foundation. Church is the beginning or the pattern or foundation. As I was worshiping God, I was just worshiping him, and, and he said this. Ask this question. This is what he said. Could Jesus do what he did by himself? See, when God asks me a question, I know already. Don't just answer it. Because I know if I answer it, I'm going to be wrong. I have to think. Listen to what he's saying. Could Jesus do this on his own? And the question is, is could Jesus have went to the cross and everything by himself without anybody else? And see, I guarantee you, because you're here and you know me, most of you are like going, I'm not answering, I'm not even going to think, I know it. But most, of, most people, I guarantee you, you ask this question out of these walls. And I guarantee you most people are going to go, of course he could. That's what most people will say. I'm telling you right now. Your first thought could be, well, yeah, of course he could do it on his own. But you know what? God said, ask that question. And the reason why I said ask a question was the answer to the question that just touched my heart. Because my first assumption was, is, well, yeah, he could do it on his own. But, and that's what my head went to, but. And the but made it clear that he couldn't because why did he go in the first place? Not because he just wanted to. Not because he's the son of God. No, why is he even on this earth? It has every single thing to do with you. So if it has to do with you, then it has to because we already know through his teaching, through his instruction, through his communication was, is this. I'm going to be with you for a time and I'm leaving. I'm going to be for you a while and I'm leaving. He, that's all he kept saying. He never said, I, I, I'm sticking with you guys through the whole thing. I'll be with you for years and years and years. No, he said that in relationship to him leaving and us receiving the Holy Spirit. But, you know, as far as his instruction was is, I'm leaving. You guys are going to be in charge. Now think about this. The whole foundation of Jesus coming is the church. Everything completely is about the church. Jesus, in Revelation, wrote to the churches at Sardis, the church at Philadelphia, the church at Ephesus, the Laodicea. He wrote to churches. So when you hear this, I'm, well, I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm part of the church at large. I don't need to go to a church. Well, you might as well just throw a Bible because you don't need a Bible. 
because you're making up your own religion, your own belief. There's nowhere in the Bible that lines up with that type of mindset other than someone that just doesn't want to submit. They want to do their own thing. They don't want someone helping or showing them. And when you don't, you do not grow. You do not mature. There's no such thing as I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. Because that had to start when you were three, four, two, one. And you're not self-made. Now, you might have learned some things that have helped you build upon those things, but you're not self-learned. No one is here. There are some things you've learned through education you've already had, instruction you've already had, information you already had. And being self-made is not watching a YouTube video of how to do it. You understand? I mean, there are some things I've learned in the process of construction that I realize, hey, this is a better way to do it, easier way. But that, I don't sit there and go, I'm self-made. No, I'm not. I had to learn from someone. You know? And that's, that's how we are in life, period. We all have learned something. And again, you can build upon that with information and, and through a process of time of what? Of, of, of failure and success and realize it's better not to do it that way. Well, I'd rather learn from the person that's already learned that, right? I don't need to go and try to go, let's reinvent the wheel. We'll build upon the wheel. Do you see what I'm saying? So these are natural truths. So don't be deceived. Understand that this is very important to get connected to. And no, Jesus could not accomplish this on his own at all. He had to have that team. Why? Because God said God said you had to have that group. God said he needed that. Why? Because him being here is about him after the fact. After the fact. It wasn't about just going to the cross. What's the cross for? You. Him going, rising again? You. Seated on the heavenly with the right hand of the Father? You. Coming back here or showing himself? You. It's all about us. So no, he couldn't have done it by himself. He needs us. There is the second key of why we have church gatherings, why we have this family. Amen? Remember, it's family. It's not a building. The family comes to this house. I go to our house after service. It doesn't define us. Hello? Doesn't define us. It's what we have, how we live. Some people connect with their structure as definition of them. People view that with vehicles, cars. A car defines them. Isn't that sad? But that's human nature. We start allowing or trying to promote ourselves through stuff. You're defined by you, by your choices, not by what you wear, not by the, what you're eating. You're defining yourself. I'm telling you right now, you define you. That's very special because it, you can't blame, can't point fingers. You define who you are. Yeah, there's obstacles in life. Yeah, there's racism. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff out there. But see, those are things that affect or try to affect the statement, you define who you are. Now, if you want to define yourself by what other people's feel or think because of their attitudes, that's, that's what you're doing, but you can't 
say they made you, you chose to. You define yourself. So ultimately, sky's the limit, people. Sky's the limit. I want you to know that. But that's what, this, that's what church is for. I know I've been doing this a long time, and I've been faithful at doing this. And I don't dread coming here. I, it's, there's nothing greater than this. And life is lived, but I don't have the concept of church religiously. I have had that. I had that mindset. But that was years and years ago. And my mindset of this is life. And it's a part of life. And I want my kids to be that way. I want them to feel it and experience it. And they do. And I know many of your children, many of your, your family members connect with that mindset. This is life. This is life. We get to be a part of God's plan, the church. Isn't that awesome? So it's a, it's a foundation. If you look at Acts 13, 14, um, you'll see that they gathered at the church, Acts 17, 1 and 2. They went to church in Thessalonica, Acts 18, 4. They reasoned in the church every Sunday. I say Sunday. It's Sabbath. You can name it Saturday, whatever you want. What I'm saying is we do it on Sundays, so we're going to call it Sunday, okay? You know, I'm not going to get all religious on that. So they gathered every Sunday. Then they did what? They reasoned the scriptures. They talked the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I've given order to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also churches. Churches of what? Galatia. Churches. Different churches, different cities, different neighborhoods. Churches. Are you guys hearing this? This is all God's word, okay? And he says what? He says that each of you on the first day of the week, let, let them set, set something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. In other words, take care of this weekly. Take care of your giving weekly. Listen, it's, the concept of giving is something that I'm gonna teach on uh, pretty soon, just to get you the Bible teaching. Not a religious instruction, but the Bible teaching. There's too many people that have been doing this faithfully, believing God's word and receiving benefits from it. Too many people. And so why would I hold back this information? You know, why would I hold back this truth? For years, I haven't taught anything on this stuff at all. And, and I just allowed that attitude of people I don't want to be known as a, a money preacher, but I also backed away from my responsibility, which I teach my kids, the finances. I mean, they're faithful in giving. First thing they do when they get to church, it, well, the second thing. The first thing they do is I give them a kiss. The second thing is they get their offering, okay? For, that's, they've been doing that since they could walk. They don't know anything different. This is their lives. They have no concept of anything, but this is what they do. It's second nature to them. I'm sure they haven't even thought about it, why we do this thing. It's just, we just do it. It's like, you know, when they see me, they come for a kiss. When they arrive from school, leave school, it's, it's second nature. It's what we do. Giving is the same way. But here it is, saying what? This is what we do. We gather for a purpose. We gather for a purpose. We get to be a part of the kingdom of God this way. I think it's, I think it's awesome. It's special. 
The third thing is, it's home. We should have the expectation. The same way do as home. We go home. I go home. I go in my house. I go in my bedroom. I go in the living room. I go to the backyard. I, this is my house. When I do things here, this, these aren't pastoral requirements. I want my house to be operating in excellence. And there are certain things that are here at this church that I look at and it just grieves me. It doesn't grieve me because this, this ain't an ugly church. It's just something where I go, I don't like the, I don't want to see that. I don't want something that can be a trip hazard. Not because of insurance issues, mainly because I want people to be safe. I mean, it's just, it, there are certain things that when you start taking this ownership of this house, it becomes more a part of you. When I started church, um, I did whatever. It, it didn't matter to me. I, I wanted to mow lawns. I wanted to fix. And I had, listen, I, I'm telling you, there was no religion in me. So I'm not religionized in to go, I shouldn't do that. The pastor's responsibility. I didn't do any of this stuff. I wanted to do it because this was my place. See, I was brought up, and this is my training. I was brought up in sports early on, four, five, early on. And because of that upbringing, you learn early to win. Now, I know this day and age, it's all about participation. That's so stupid. But anyway, let's move on. That is, it has zero to do with life, by the way. But then it was about winning. So early on, I learned the understanding of the desire to win. Now, I had people in my life, coaches, my, you know, my parents, and people that would help me win correctly. Not as a sore loser, but there are many times at a young age I would cry because we lost. If I had a bad game, I would throw a fit, get mad. I had that. You know, I, I still do. You know, I just, I just don't let people see it. But I'll go throw, I'll throw my Bible around and go, wow, ah, just catch that. In. We should have won that game. I'm not talking about church service. <laughs> but no, it, it's, it's in me. It's so much in me. So because of that, it don't, I don't turn it off. So once I become part of, you know, ABC Church, I want it to be the best. I want to win. Now, if it's wrong to think that way or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's my heart. So I want us to win. It, it, I can look at every job I had, and whatever I was doing, it was the best. This is the best job. I worked with Foot Locker for three months. You can't buy a better shoe than at Foot Locker. That's ridiculous, but that's how I felt. The best. They're the best. I'm telling you. There is a place called Sunset Sports Centers on Northern. I work there. The best. It's the best place to get any type of equipment. The best. You can't buy anywhere better. That was my attitude. And so I've had that attitude in what I do. It's there. It's a part of me. So in church, that's how I felt. I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. And Jesus was talking about how he was connected with his a church that he was a part of. And how his concept of was more of a religious works mind. See, I didn't have that. See, he had that connection 
because of, it could be culture and all kinds of things connected to that, but he had a works mindset. He wanted to help, but it was more of, you know, a, a brownie point with God. You know, I'm working, look at me, I'm special. But ultimately, it became a reality of life the correct way. Because he came here, of course. But his attitude working there and working here is way different. Because now he's doing something for his house. He's finishing concrete for his house. Are you guys seeing this? No matter what you're doing in this house, if it's wiping up something, if it's picking trash up, don't, don't look at it as someone else's responsibility. This is your house. You know, it's probably what you do at your house, but, you know, we all need to work together, right? Isn't that how we should be? Uh, Hebrews 10.25 says this. And by the way, this is written in continual tense and emphatic. Continual and emphatic. So in other words, to be polite, you know, as much as I can as far as what the original Greek, the original Greek is literally commanding you. It's, he's saying this is a command, but it's also when you read it, it's a statement of you continually do this, all right? So here it is, Hebrews 10, 25. Let us neglect, do not, <laughs> let us not neglect our church meetings. Don't stop doing it, ever. That's what scripture teaches. Now watch this. He says, as some people have done. Now you all know people, even you could be included, a time when you neglected it. Other things became more prioritized over gathering. I'm not talking about a specific task, vacation, a work issue, whatever. I'm not talking about that. Y'all know my heart. We're not talking about this, so don't go that way. What I'm talking about is your heart becomes, I don't need to go. That's what I'm talking about. You know there's a difference, right? You know, I can sit at home and watch, you know, uh, preachers on TV. I can, that's always a statement from someone that's in rebellion. I'm telling you, that's a pure statement from someone that doesn't want accountability. It's not in the Bible that teaches that, and I'll show you that anyway. But, but here it says, don't forsake it. And he says, especially when the day is coming, when Jesus comes back. So he's saying, you need to intensify the gathering. Why? If you read the whole scripture, and what do we do? We read all the scripture. We don't take parts. We read all the scripture. And what happens when he's getting close to coming back? Intensity of evil. Intensity of evil. Why is this important to understand? Because when we talk about church, what do we really talk about? House, home. So in the continuation of life, think about it. Y'all know the people that don't believe and the people that live the way they do. Let me ask you something. Is there a point when you're not going to have any problems or issues in your life? You'll not battle sickness. You'll not battle evil. You, nothing will happen anymore because you arrive to this point that everything's going to coast. No. So what does that mean? It means all through life, there are going to be things that happen. Now, who do you want to run to? Who do you want to connect with? Those people or the people in here? Yeah, exactly. That's why you don't turn it off. It's a continuation. Because I'm going to have a problem. 
Who do I, who do I want praying? You know, Uncle Joe that's you know, still on drugs at 50 years old? Well, he don't go to church, why not? How about the family members? They ain't going to church and they cuss you out for going to church. Are you gonna go run to them when you're in the hospital and they said, you know, hey, you got a month to live? You're gonna, let's, let's go to them, let's talk to them. Marriage problems, you're gonna go to, you know, the, the neighbor that beats his wife, you know, because they, they don't go to church. But go get your marriage counseling from them. No, you ain't gonna do that, are you? No, because that's common sense. But all of a sudden we get religious in the picture of church. You can't be that way. This is life. This is life. That's why 30 years, 40 years, 50 years from now, I'll come here. Why? Because I understand the purpose of life in this. I'm not, I'm not trying to find reasons not to go. Ever. And then when I do have that reason of I'm not gonna be here, it's awesome because I'm on vacation. Woohoo! Or maybe I got drawn for an elk hunt. Something happened where something happened that's a miracle. But something happened that I'm not at church, but believe me, uh, when I'm doing, when, listen, when I'm on vacation or I'm doing something like that, I am not going, gosh, I wish I was at church. No. I'm not doing that. Why? Because it's life. It's life. Sometimes I'll miss it just by, I just miss being around y'all. Y'all are awesome. Just like my family. When I go someplace, even in ministry, when I've gone to South Africa and, and you know, and, and Singapore, I'm more talking about other parts of the world. Well, I'm doing God's work, but I still miss them. I still want to get home back to them, right? You guys hear this? Why? Because it's family, church. This is good stuff, very good stuff. So we have to be connected, have to be connected. Faithfulness in church encourages others, and it provokes others to do good work, okay? Faithfulness is important. So we went to John 13, 34, 35. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. How can we love each other if we're not with each other? If we're not connected, we're alienating ourselves. You can't, we're, we're not doing it right if we're looking at it in that way. Amen? It's just not gonna happen. Just not gonna happen. We have to understand the importance of the gathering. Do not forsake it. Do not forsake it. Why? Because we're important together. Team, we need one another. If we connect with this correctly, I don't have time to go through all of them. You already know that. But if we connect correctly to what Scripture teaches, correctly, I'm gonna get into four and five. I don't have time for this, but I'm gonna tell you right now. Four and five is tied to the position that I hold and the position you hold together. They're both equally important. I understand that. There's a time that I didn't understand or grasp what I'm saying right now because I was more focused in on my training, what I was being taught, and my position. So there was an ability to carry all the weight. 
not expect you to do much because I'm the anointed man of God. But that ain't gonna last. It's not what God's called us to do. It's not what Jesus showed us. You become burned out. That's why, you know, people can be burned out in ministry. Now, I haven't, and I won't, because I understand what this is about. I understand the importance of the body. I got a lot of great teaching early on, but there was a time when I didn't know this. That's all I'm saying, but I know it now. And when we look at the instruction of the scripture, we start seeing that every part does their part. It's in the Bible. Every part does their part. And when we're doing what the Bible teaches, now we look at it correctly, not through the eyes of super spiritualism because that's where people get messed up. We look through the eyes of life. And all of a sudden, you know, you start, you know, with a little help from me, teaching correctly, we can look at the words like deacon or ministry, which, by the way, people love to use that term, ministry. I'm in the ministry. Do you know what the word ministry is? It's the word diakonos. It's the word you get deacon. Ministry means 100% from the Greek language, table waiter. Someone who waits on tables. It's servant. And people talk about ministry, talk about it, and they puff up their super spiritual chest. I've just called to the ministry. I'm a minister. Well, then you want to be a minister, then pick up that trash down there. Quit trying to dictate and point things. You, I'm in the ministry. You need to do that. I'm an anointed person. You are an idiot. That's all you are. Why? Because, again, we will create this goofy concept that denies the truth. You want to see yourself as a minister according to the Bible because that's the only place you got that word. You didn't get the word anywhere else, but it's in the Bible. Then start seeing yourself as a table waiter. Start seeing yourself as a servant. And when you do that, whoops, guess what? You just align yourself with, with the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth who said to us, you want to be the greatest leader? Then you better be the greatest servant because if you can't be the greatest servant, you'll never be a great leader. And I know so many leaders that won't serve. They want a title. They want to be called anointed, but they won't do nothing. They expect everybody else to do it. Why? Because they're anointed. All I'm saying is it's, 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 it's garbage. I don't want you guys to be that way. Your spiritualness is your ability to serve and love. You do that, I look at you as so spiritual. I mean, honestly, my heart, my attitude, I promise you, I look at you with awesomeness. I do. Jesus has been helping, doing all kinds of stuff. I just look at him like, he's awesome. I love him. Amen. He's done a lot. Amen. And he's never went like this. Well, how, how much will I get paid? Listen, once you say that to me, I just like going, don't worry, we'll take care of it. You get a handout. You start thinking money. When I ask to do anything with church, I just, I'm like, going, I don't need you. You know, you go make money somewhere else. Go to Jack in the Box or whatever. But I just don't need that. Why? 
yeah, that would be like me going, you know, my son's coming up to me and I say, hey, clean your room. And they go, how much? Well, <laughs> how much? <laughs> I'll show you how much. I get the barra. This is how much. I'm going to show you how much I love you. Because who Papa loves, he spanks. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's crazy stuff. That's crazy stuff. And, but the, see, the thing is, is when I go out there, sometimes, I, many times, I'll go in the building that way. And the only reason why I do that is not to do anything, but I just want to see people doing what they're doing. They're smiling, they're greeting, they're hoping. You guys, you got to, it's, every part, every function is special. It is, it's so awesome. It's, there's nothing greater. Especially when the, you walk by these anointed, these anointed rooms. You know, sometimes I feel like I don't, I don't deserve to walk down that hallway. You, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a parent of a nursery kid up to that, what, four years old, five? You go down that hallway, man, I don't, I, I don't even want to poke my head in there just because I don't want to screw up their anointing. But though, that's a special area, you know? And I'm not saying nothing else is special. I'm just saying that's special. I'm, no, I'm really, that's big time special. That, that's like, you know... God's going to go, you guys get out of the way, and the apostles and the prophets and pastors are going to move, and then these nursery workers are going to come down, and we're going to all go. You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding one bit. Not one bit. I'm telling you, not one bit am I kidding about that. I tried it one time. Not the nursery part. It was in the toddlers years ago, one time. No way. I couldn't even handle my own kids that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just not. That's just, I couldn't do that. There's no way. So thank God for those anointed men and women of God, mainly women, that are doing that stuff. But anyway, it's, the, the thing is, is you start looking at this correctly, it, there's a whole lot involved. Sound people. People that are, that, that are working the computers, the people that are putting up those words so we can at least sing along, you know. Oh, we got the club tunes down, but the church stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, that's, that's what happens. We, we, we got to look at the family and the church the way we need to. And you start looking at it in a whole different, the view becomes different. You pull up and you go, wow, it, those weeds are a little high. And you don't go, well, that Larry needs, that Pastor Larry needs to get stuff done better. No, that's what I say. No, I mean, <laughs> no. But what happens is you start realizing, you know what? I need to come help out. I need to come help out. Y'all, everybody has time. I mean, you know, you're going to pay, you know, $100 to go to a three-hour movie. And believe me, you will for that three-hour movie. You might think, three-hour movie, yeah, Avengers or something like that, you're going to pay 100 but you're going to pay all the money you can to see, you know, a movie like that. Star Wars coming out, it's already sold out on three, four days. Sold out. And I'm one of those people. I'm buying, I did. I bought my tickets. I'm set and ready to go. And it's sort of like, oh, the last one, like Avengers was, oh, 
So it's sort of like, ah, oh, that's too bad. I know not, not the latest ones weren't that great, but still, it's Star Wars. So, you know, I'm going to close it out. But the point is, is when, when we start looking at this correctly, we start realizing there's, there's so much involved in this place, and we can't do it alone. We need all the family working together. And once you become out of toddler stage, you need to be doing something. You know, you knew you got saved and, and you just brand new and, and we'll give you some time. You know, you're still pooping your diapers. You know, you still got that stage of you know, you're getting your feel and stuff like that. That's okay. That's all good. We'll give you that time. But pretty soon, man, you're going to be that, that, you know, preteen that wants to suck on a bottle. And we're going to go, no, nah, you're done with that. No way, man. That's how it's done. It's time to start. Get your fork and start eating correctly. And that's when we start looking at it correctly. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.